Lulls in the bunks and the stacking of the yaks. On a sunny morning, in a meadow overlooking the Kumbakau Sea, sat two good friends, Honey Hawk and Khalur Bint Lahed. The two friends enjoyed each other's company in silence, the mark of a true friendship. Unnecessary small chat always bothered Honey's ears, a trait Khalur shared with her. Today, Honey Hawk could see Khalur Bint Lahed's eyes were filled with water and her hair lacked its usual sparkle. What's wrong? Honey Hawk asked gently. It is my kittenhood friend Lulz. She is in Fort PQ. Honey gasped. Fort PQ was a wretched place. A work camp where kittens who made bad decisions were sent to reconsider their life. What happened? Honey questioned. She gave the nips to someone, sighed Khalur. The nips were a magical type of plant that tasted delicious, like a soft, gushy fruit, tangy and warm, chocolatey but cheesy, fudgy but smooth, creamy but crunchy. However, the nips were forbidden because you could never have just one nip. No, one was never enough. You always had to have more and more, and eating many nips made you untrue to yourself. For example, Lulz liked to take her time picking flowers for her friends. She liked smelling each petal and holding the flower up in the sunlight to see how the color would look in her friend's paws. She liked rubbing the stems against her face to feel how soft they were and tasting the leaves. But the problem was, when Lulz ate the nips, she just grabbed flowers by the pawful without a care in the world. That made her sad because she wasn't being herself. Honey Hawk didn't understand why Lulz was sent to Fort PQ just for the nips. It was a mistake after all, and Fort PQ was for really bad crimes where kittens had to spend their entire day stacking yaks. Khalur explained to Honey that Lulz had terrible luck. The one and only time Lulz gave the nips was to a chunky, kunky monkey who happened to work at Fort PQ. Upon eating the nips, this chunky, kunky monkey went for a swim with his friends and swam as fast as a dolphin. A group of dolphins swimming by were impressed and asked him to join their pod. A group of dolphins is called a pod if you didn't know. Chunky Kunky loved the dolphins. He wanted to join their pod and swim with them from then on. The problem was, he needed to keep eating the nips to swim like a dolphin. So he found Lulz and asked her for more nips. But Lulz didn't have any more nips. The Chunky Kunky Monkey got angry. Very angry. He told Lulz she better find those nips and quick. Lulz said no. So what did that chunkur kunkur do? 
the Chunkur Kunkur had her thrown into Fort PQ. What a stinker chunker kunker that munker was. Terrible, said Honey Hawk. Lulz doesn't deserve to spend the rest of her life in Fort PQ. Do you want to do something about it? I feel sad for Lulz, said Chalur. She walked over to a huge Kajaput tree to be alone for a while. When the Kajaput tree saw Cholur crying, it too began crying and hugged Cholur. Honeyhawk told Cholur, it's okay to be sad. So sad, all you want to do is cry. But never, she cautioned, never, ever lose hope. After a while, Cholur wiped her fur clean of tears and told Honey she was ready. We can't break Lulz out of Fort PQ without help and a plan, exclaimed Honey. Cholur agreed with a sparkle in her eye. She knew just the person to help them. And he didn't live too far from where they were sitting. Back at Fort PQ, Lulz looked out into the yard and sighed. The yaks were grazing, scattered about in the darkness that bathed the grounds of Fort PQ. They had already unstacked themselves. Lulz never wanted to touch another nip again. She thought often of her bad luck with the kunkur chunkur munkur. Time at Fort PQ had been hard on Lulz, and she wanted to escape. She missed her kade and her kister. She missed her kitten friends, too. Rizalem! Rizalem! shouted the guards. That meant break time was over and it was time to stack yaks again. Lulz walked out to the center of the yard with the other kittens. She patted down the messy fur on her arms, massaged her muscly biceps, and began stacking yaks. She grabbed a huge yak around the stomach and put him atop the stack of yaks already lined up near the end of the yard. The yak squirmed, it squiggled, it kicked, and it yelped. Lull sat on him and drew her tail around yak's nose. She rocked his head back and forth, trying to calm him, but to no avail. The yak was a bucking bronchmiel. Poor Lulz had to cling for her life to his fur as he pranced and tried his best to buck her off. When Yak tired himself, Lulz dismounted and stacked him with the other yaks. A few hours later, Lulz finished stacking all the yaks. She looked up at the moon and cried, If only... If only I could leave this place. Right then, an unstacked yak ran by Lulz, knocking her against his head and dragging her face in the mud. Back near the Kumba Cow Sea, Honey was flying with Cholur sitting on top of her back. They were heading towards Bloom Bloom Island where Kanga Cat lived. Kanga was a good friend and a puzzle solver. Oh, mama, did Honey and Cholur have a puzzle for him? 
When they told Kanga about lulls, he rubbed his long ears with his paws and bounced around a little to get his brain juices flowing. Hun, hun justice, Kanga screamed while he was bouncing around. As he bounced, he began brainstorming out loud to Khalur and Hini. Brainstorming means thinking of different ideas. We have to... Oh, we have to be hidden since there are too many guards, too many guards. Blama blaka hey, oh blaka hey. Kanga went on and on like this a long time. So long, in fact, that Hini and Khalur went for a dip in the nearby Bloom Gloom River while they waited for him. All of a sudden, they heard Kanga's big flopper feet coming straight towards them as he screamed, Injustice! Oh yeah, it's here! What is here? Choler and Henny, confused as they were, said back to him, Blakarina, oh, I got it! I know how to free lulls, yeah! That made Choler perk up. Tell us! she screamed with joy. First, uh, we have to send off a, a big girl, a sparrow, to spawn for to pick Anita, I got to know if this plan will work, said Kanga. Back at Fort PQ, Lulz was huddled into a ball in the corner of the workyard. Tears and fear, big girl whispered to herself sadly as she sat watching Lulz from the top of the fence. All tears and fear, she whispered again. She had been sitting there on that fence surrounding Fort PQ since morning time. She saw Yak sneaking about in the yard, playing rock, paper, scissors to decide who would topple over first when they were stacked. Naughty, naughty Yaks. She saw prisoners and guards practicing a dance together called the Gurmiausel. Huff and glide, they all screamed together. When she relayed to Kanga what she saw, it was then that Kanga, with a huge smile on his face, revealed his plan. Kanga explained to Khalur and Hani that the prisoners at Fort PQ had spent months learning how to dance to a very popular bop that everyone adored. The prison had put on a big show and sold tickets so everyone could watch their dance. And that's just it. The prison guards weren't doing their job when the dancing started. In fact, when that music started, all anyone wanted to do was dance. That would be the best time to rescue lulls. If they already did the dance and put on a show, do you not think they will be tired and take a break for a while? Questioned Choler. Henny nodded. It's a lot of work to put on a show. Oh, but you are right, said Kanga. That is, unless another super catchy bopper gets a popular again. Something so catchy that nobody can resist dancing to it, said Kanga. Honey and Khalur looked at each other. Neither of them knew where Kanga was going with this. Oh, my friends, my friends, Kanga cooed. 
I like a making beats. Did you know I like a making beats? Did you never hear? Did you ever hear that song called uh, Bloom La Goom? I made that oh, I made it. I yes, I did. In effect, I could uh, whip up an easy beat by tonight and uh, have it a uh, blasting from the top of this island by morning. Uh, you. Cholot and Honey hadn't heard a song called Bloom Legume and didn't think the plan would work. But they wanted to give Kanga a chance. The next morning, Kanga presented his beat to the two friends. Honey and Cholud immediately got up and started dancing. Honey twirled on her wings. Cholud snapped her tail and crisscrossed her paws across the grass. She was gliding. The friends wanted to hear the bop over and over again. They couldn't stop. Cholud's fur was wet with sweat and Honey's feathers were slick. Even Kanga was laughing and clapping his paws together. What joy! The bop works! Even he couldn't resist twirling across the grass and smacking his belly. Her daddy, give me a poucha! screamed Kanga. Big Girl grew more and more nervous while watching them and finally turned the music off. She was afraid they'd never stop dancing. That afternoon, Big Godel Sparrow fed the three friends water and mashed up fish from her beak. They were exhausted from dancing, but even then, the beat was stuck in their head, and they would get up from time to time to dance some more. Big Godel Sparrow kept putting them back in bed and poured cold water on their faces to cool them down. She was worried about them. When all three friends awoke in the evening time, they talked about the magic of Kanga's beat. How did you make that beat so catchy? asked Cholur. I know what we all want to hear you, yeah, Kanga said slyly. But how will we get this to the inmates? Honey wondered. We're gonna, we'll have to perform it. But we are not singing stars, Choler cautioned. Maybe you are not, but it's not hard to make a star, Kanga said sternly. He continued, stars are not a burn, they are made. Easily will be a trio, since there are three of us, yo. Let us call ourselves Dubby, Choler suggested. Kanga and Honey loved it. It had a snap to it. And so it was. The three began performing every day to anyone who would listen on Bloom Bloom Island. Big Godel Sparrow would fly around announcing their arrival and answer the crowd's questions about this new trio called Dubby. At first, the crowd was small, but every day it grew bigger and bigger. Kanga would start off by tapping his tail on the ground. Then Honey would fly in with Cholur on her back. Ha! You! Redder! Kanga would scream. The crowd would get excited. 
Then Kanga would count in, a one, a two, a three. Kanga had to make sure the crowd could at least count to 20 before starting. Because once the music started, there was no turning back. Hini and Huller would twirl and twist with Kanga. In every performance, they would get better and better. More and more friends were talking about them. Until one night, Dobby was invited to perform at Fort PQ. This was it. When the three friends arrived at Fort PQ, Huller saw Lels in the crowd. Earlier, Big Godel Sparrow had flown in to give Lulz earplugs to wear for their performance, so she wouldn't start dancing when she heard their song. Cholur and Lulz both looked at each other and smiled the kind of smile, the kind of smile that makes you feel like it's all going to be okay. Cholur knew it was time to start. Honey and Cholur twirled, pawed, and gabloomed. The prisoners and guards all began singing along, jumping and flipping. A kitten jumped on the table and flipped a guard over into a bush. A guard spun into a garbage can and knocked it over. Another guard ran into a hole under the fence. All the while, Lulz crawled through the crowd, moving between flipping kittens and twirling guards until she reached the front of the stage. Big Goro Spero was under the stage and pulled her tail just a little to get her attention. She showed Lulz to the back of the stage where Kanga had parked her equipment Elemiel. Lulz sat on Elemiel's trunk while Elemiel rocked her to sleep. When Lulz woke up, she felt a breeze on her fur and smelled grape leaves. She opened her eyes and she saw the sea. But, but where am I? She jumped off the Elemio and began crying. Where, where did everyone go? She was scared. All of a sudden, she heard a familiar voice. Lulz, we did not want to wake you up. You looked so peaceful, sleepers. Do you want something to eat? Kanga made flour power salad for lunchers. Lulz turned around and saw Cholur's lovely face. She felt so safe. She jumped on her and gave her a hug. Lulz never wanted to let go, and neither did Cholur. Cholur, won't the prison guards be looking for me? She questioned Cholur nervously. Oh, we played our song so many times that the guards will not even notice you left for a while. What, what if they remember? Lulz asked. Cholur wiggled her whiskers and grinned. Big Goral Spiro found your records and, would you believe it, she ate them while we were performing even if they do remember you, they have no reason to believe you ever existed at Fort P.Q. Lulz held Huller's paws and said tearily, Huller, Huller bent the head. 
I did a bad thing that day. The day I gave the conquer chunker monkey the nips. Hold it, I'm a bad girl. Lads, Holler said gently. You made the bad decision, okay. That does not make you a bad girl. We all make mistakes after all. Even... Even you? Oh, I have made many, many mistakes, lols. Mistakes are good to make. You learn from them and you develop who you are. If we were all perfect, we would never have great leaders or inventors or any of that. Lulz beamed. Maybe, maybe I could be great one day, since I made such a big mistake. You already are great, Lulz, and your mistake, because you learned from it, made you that much greater, said Huller. So... So I'm not a bad girl? Luz asked again, just to make sure. Oh no! And remember, there's no such thing as bad girls! Huller yelled as she ran through the field with Luz beside her towards Honey and Kanga, who were eating lunchers on the cliff by Kumba Cow Sea. The end.